The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, July 26th. 2018 season 14 episode number 13 welcome to another edition of the break we are live from oxnard california it is our first day on the air uh, heading into this training camp and into this season i'm very happy to be back on the air with my co-host here nick amber dave and we appreciate you guys taking some time with us today we'll be on every day every day at uh, 10 a.m pacific time noon central time to talk cowboys football monday through friday uh, live from Oxnard throughout the uh, the whole training camp this year. How's everybody doing this morning? <laughs> Ready to go? Great. Good. I'm great, Derek. Happy birthday, Dad. Ooh, oh, hey. happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Dad. Dad's birthday. Awesome. I don't know if he's awake yet, but he'll watch it on demand. Yep. Speaking of on demand, I do have a couple new features I wanted to uh, tell our listeners about. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, because we got some cool stuff that they can do. Uh, with our mobile app, actually, um, as we are here on the show. If you want to interact live, make sure you go to our mobile app. It's Cowboys Mobile. Um, once you download that, if you go into the app and uh, you click on Talk, you'll see up there at the top there are these three options. One of them is Talk. You click on that, um, and then you click on Cowboys Break. You'll notice uh, that there is a little feature. There's this little meter and these thumbs up, yes, no. What you can do is throughout the show, as we are talking about specific topics, uh, we'll kind of move it around. There may be poll questions that we'll put up there that you can say yes or no to. But if just in general you agree with something that someone's saying, let's say I'm talking and you say, yeah, Derek's right. Derek knows exactly what he's talking You're about. You're going to get a ton of you thumbs click, down. You click thumbs up. And then you click vote, and then you can click it as many times as you want. If Dave is saying something on the other hand, and you're like, Dave has absolutely no idea what he's talking about, which is pretty fair, uh, then you just click thumbs down, and you can click vote, and you can do that as many times as you like. And that meter then takes all the different uh, thumbs up, thumbs downs that fans are, are, are pushing and uh, puts them all together to tell you kind of the sentiment of what fans are thinking from what we're talking about. So I think it's a really cool feature. You guys check it out, play with it. We're going to keep playing with it and tweaking it until we get it to where it's perfect. But uh, know that that's there, and we appreciate you guys uh, taking part. So let's jump right in. I do want to talk. Uh, we have a lot of things we need to hit today. I think the first thing we're going to talk about um, is the safety position. Yesterday, uh, there were a few things that came out of the press conference that were a bit surprising. Uh, but one of the things we found out after the press conference uh, in a press release uh, was that Kayvon Frazier has been placed on the NFI list. Um, and so at this point, there doesn't seem like there's a lot of news, but catch us up on at least what we know at this point and, and kind of what that means for the team heading into camp. Well, what, what that means is that he won't be able to practice right away um, until he's removed from that list. I think that it, that being very uh, just – cautious about the situation with him um there's been some reports out there there's a the a possible blood disorder they're just looking at some of his blood work um we uh they had there's been no official word of the team right now but that's kind of what, what we've sort of uh gathered and you know i think this is one of those things very serious obviously and you want to just make sure that that before they put him out there that he's good to go so right now they're holding him back um, and and that's, a, that's a setback, obviously, for him, for the safety position, and definitely for special teams. Yeah, when you talk about this, uh, this position, 
Uh, it was something that Stephen mentioned yesterday in his press conference, and uh, he was mentioning uh, the question. You could tell. I think Brad was the one that answered it, asked it. But you could tell he was pointing to Earl Thomas. Didn't want to say Earl Thomas because immediately when you say Earl Thomas to uh, basically any Cowboys, uh, you know, executive, they are going to say no comment. They can't talk about a player under contract. However, um, as he was talking about him, he talked about Xavier Woods and, and mentioned the fact that that was one of the reasons uh, why they draft him is because they thought that he could be uh, maybe this type of safety, playmaking type safety. Dave, take us back to the draft a couple of years ago. I know this was a guy that was a pet cat for you guys and what you guys saw in him that may make someone believe that possibly he could be uh, the caliber of safety that they want. Yeah, well, forget what I think. Like, it's clear that the Cowboys feel confident about that because they haven't done anything about the position. Uh, they didn't draft anybody. They haven't signed a plethora. I mean, forget Earl Thomas. They, they didn't go after safeties in free agency. They didn't spend a draft pick on one. Uh, and they've pointed to Xavier Woods by name all along as, as the reason why they feel okay about that. He's a sixth-round pick. Uh, it's widely accepted that I, I still never figure that out. Like, his tumble down the draft board was crazy because uh, us on the draft show, we had a third-round grade on him. I know the Cowboys had a, a high grade on him compared to where they got him. Um, and so, I mean, they Stephen Jones brought that up yesterday. They traded a pick away to move up and get him last year. Uh, which, ironically enough, like, he didn't play that much free safety last year. Like, he spent most of his time playing in the slot, which is a testament to his athleticism that he can kind of do that on the fly. Um, but, you know, Amber, you and I went back and forth about this all through the offseason. Like, they, they clearly have a ton of confidence in the guy just by virtue of the fact that I can't remember a time when a guy had such a big opportunity to win a job. You know, I mean, Marquest and Huff is on the roster. Okay, that's cool. But really, they didn't do a ton in the way of bringing in competition for Xavier Woods, and I think that speaks a ton to what they hope for him. And, you know, we're going to see that play out over the next two weeks to see if he's up to the challenge. Amber, how much does Kayvon Frazier's status at this point make you think that the Cowboys should or shouldn't run out and get another safety to add to this mix? I mean, even before him being out with this whole situation, it was already a problem. The safety position, the depth in it, the experience in it was already an issue. Now I have a bigger issue now just in the whole defense. Before I was really concerned about safety. Now I'm concerned about the whole defense overall. I was starting to feel towards the end of last year that this defense was moving forward, you know, progressing. The defensive line, the pass rush was getting better. And you saw hope in there. Now, with everything happening, David Irving being out, Malik Collins, all that stuff, now it's not just the safety position. Now it's turning into a bigger issue. And we know that, well, a lot of people will argue that defense win games. So, Jeez, doom and gloom Garcia over here. My God. <laughs> it's well, the first day. My God. I'll mess with you. I, it is the first day, but shoot. <laughs> I mean, I no. was expecting to be more excited. I was excited about the defense, and now, huh, surprise, here you go. This is what we start off with. Yeah. I think it's important. I mean, unfortunately, like, I don't know the extent of what the deal is with Kayvon. Uh, you know, like, there's, we know he's being tested, supposedly, for a potential blood disorder. There's other reports out there that, you know, maybe, you know, you can treat it with medication. Maybe it's not that serious. I, I don't know. And so... I get leery about trying to project project stuff like that. We'll see what comes of it. I'm sure Jason Garrett's going to talk about it today. Um, physically, he looks fine. No, phys physically, he, has he a looks big smile on great. His face, yeah, no. So. so I don't know. I want to see where that goes. But yeah, I mean, 
we didn't love what they did at safety to begin with. Yeah. And then now you're talking about your primary two defensive tackles not being here on the first day of camp. Like, I, I get your point. I do. Yeah. Nick, so. you made an interesting point in our pre-show meeting about uh, Earl Thomas and, and just the thoughts on, you know, looking at this. It's not just an equation of can he help your team. There's a bigger equation that you think has to be factored in as to whether you would go out and right. try to get trade for a guy like yeah, that. Yeah, is this team good enough to, to go and and kind of, you know, lose a draft pick or two or from, for next year? I mean, I think that you need to decide and figure out here at camp what kind of team you've got? What kind of offense you got? Are you going to score some points? Are you going to be able to win some games? Do you, are you a player or two away from maybe going over the top? If this is looks like a situation where, you know, I, I, it's really is iffy. Is it dicey? Is it? Are we going to have a high second round pick next year? Why? Why would we want to? You know, let that go. But I, I think that so it's not just about how Xavier Woods does. It's just. What kind of team we have? Do we need to really just get over the top here? And he's a guy that, that could maybe go do that. But it sounds like it's just, you know, the, the Cowboys aren't the only team interested, or if they're interested at all. They're not the only team, like, on the radar. And so, you know, if I'm Seattle, I probably, if they were going to trade him, I would trade him to somebody in the AFC. You could probably get some, you know, comparable stuff. So I, I just think the Cowboys need to decide, is he worth going to get or anybody going to get because – you know, what, what type of team overall are we going to have? If you had to answer that question, and I'll ask all three of you, if you had to answer that question, is this team good enough to invest what you'd yeah. have to invest to go out and get somebody that caliber, is it worth doing right now? I'll start with you, Nick. 100%, because right now I think people are nationally are saying this team's a 8-8, eight 9-7, and eight, nine and seven, maybe, you know, 10-6 and six team right kind of in the middle. Um, I honestly believe if you went out and got him right now, I think the Cowboys would be one of the top eight, eight or nine teams in the league. Um I think this is a good football team. I think they have a chance to be a really good football team if you brought in a player like that in that cal that caliber because that's a position that that could definitely use it. So. Garcia. C C C C C C C. <laughs> but it. That's not I mean the pizza <laughs> that we talk about here. C C. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, I I think this team needs someone like that, especially when you're playing for your job. As far as you know certain coaching positions you know you're you're really living it all on the field this year and just putting it all out there and see where it can take you now do i see the cowboys doing that kind of move i don't know i mean the that's a ballsy move you know i don't know <laughs> what that's a term you guys Amer americans use right it, yeah. over there you americans i mean i, I get it <laughs> yeah, yeah. you americans is that a bad word no, it's not I'm bad. learning from you guys. That's y'all's fault. Well, yeah. okay. No, there's nothing wrong with Better that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Say okay. it with your chest. Anyways, <laughs> such a drastic move, you know, a flamboyant move like that. No, no, Ballsy was right. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, I don't know. It'll be absolutely surprising to see the Cowboys actually doing that move, you know, after talking about it so long. We'll see. Y'all are going to accuse me of being a contrarian, but I reject I reject that whole premise. Uh, I don't go get Earl Thomas to put me over the top this year because if you're getting Earl Thomas, you got to sign him to a new deal anyway. So I'm going to get him because all of my DBs are 26 or younger, and with very few exceptions, most of them don't have a lot of skins on the wall in the NFL. He is an alpha dog. He is one of the best safeties in recent memory, if not ever. Uh, he sets the tone for your whole secondary, and if you make the effort to get him, he's going to be here for, I would guess, at least three seasons. Um, so I, I look at that as a big-picture move. It's probably the last deal he's going to sign in his prime. 
Uh, hopefully he's still in his prime. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But I'm getting him to – I mean, I know Sean Lee's there, but I'm getting him to be the face of my defense and the tone setter for my defense for basically this this whole window, this next three, four years. So, you know, I, I know people love to talk about, like, Charles Haley and Deion Sanders putting the Cowboys over the top back in the old days. Those, I mean, that's a different era of football. It's not how it works these days. Um, so – I don't, I don't believe in the concept of doing something like that for one season, but I think he's young enough and good enough that he could put a stamp on your defense for right. the next three or four well, years. Well, I think we're saying the same thing because, well, I mean, so you're but, saying, you're but saying I'm, just I'm wait saying till next year? If, 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 they, if they get out there and for some reason you're like, oh, this team doesn't have it, I'd still try to get him because you're still – I mean, this team – the nucleus of this team is going to be together for the foreseeable future. I mean, who that's important – is going away anytime soon. Well, then then why wouldn't you just wait and then try to get him when he's a free agent? Because you can – I mean, that's one more season out of his prime. I mean, like, get him get him now. Get him to a more – first of all, he won't hit the open market if you do that. You trade for him, and then you can yeah. negotiate a deal with him. And then, you know, football players only have a finite amount, finite amount of time. I'd rather have him on my team right now and try to yeah. make the best of it than, you know, wait for the future. So, basically, you – you argued with this, but said the same thing. You just had a different reason for it. Different yeah, no, absolutely. No. He said, yeah, no. he's agreeing, go get him. He's I, saying for yeah. a different reason. Yeah, I, I agree. No, yeah. I agree yeah. to go get him. I just, yeah, I, not like a knee jerk, like six month decision. I mean, this yeah. is a, you got to no. commit to it. No, and I, actually, I, I, I agree. You do have to sign him. You have to sign him a long term deal. But you know, that's what he wants. He wants to play for the Cowboys. Yeah, and makes, I, but I, makes I, it pretty clear. I do agree with what you're saying, Dave. Because mainly, and we're going to talk about this a little later in the next segment, uh, you look at this team, you look at a lot of the veteran leadership that's been here traditionally over the last several years, they're gone now. And and we're going to get into the question of who's going to fill that void. And I don't know if when you start talking about that secondary room, if there are a lot of options uh, for people that can step in and fill that void of leadership, that that, that bring that passion, bring that, yeah. that extra experience that they don't really and have. Because like you said, all those guys are young. And and to this point, mainly unproven, other than guys like a uh, Jeff Heath, let's say. For yeah, I, I think that if you're going to do that, I st I've said this all along. I don't know how late we're getting in the game here. Uh, it would have been nice if you're going to bring a, a veteran in, bring him in early, so he has a chance to really be in the off season. He comes here. Anybody that comes here is like, well, you know, I mean, it'll still work. It'll still his name speaks for itself. Yeah, it, it right? does. It does. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna look back several times and go. Maybe they should have given a second round pick for him. You know, yeah. we'll see. I mean, I mean, Connor Williams is going to have to come in and really just do great things, and maybe he will. But I guarantee you, every time he misses a block or Tyrone Crawford gets by him or something like that or a penalty, could have had Earl. You know, yeah. and that, that's it's bad. It's like Greg Ellis, who got compared to a wide receiver his whole career. He might get compared to a safety. Yeah, but the flip side to that is with this young secondary, if an Xavier Wood type player actually ends up making some plays this year and showing them what they thought they saw in film of him sure. in college. Now you get into next offseason, maybe that's a moot point at that, yeah. at that time. Like, if these young guys, and I heard you saying this yesterday on the show, Nick, mm -hmm. um, with these cornerbacks, you expect these cornerbacks are going to take a jump. These cornerbacks take a jump, mm -hmm. and they now really are starting to gel and starting to figure this thing out, and then you get some pretty good play from Xavier Woods, and, and then just from the rest of those guys, you kind of just get a little okay play. Yeah. It may change the whole dynamic, That's and you say you don't want to necessarily bring in a veteran. You like these young guys developing together as a core, and you're going to keep them together. Best pair them. of cornerbacks in the NFL heading into 2019. 
That's Damn. a pretty big. 2019. Talk about a ballsy statement. They will be the two <laughs> best corners. Maybe not not the best in the league, but one, As a two. tandem. Yeah, and and the weird part is, is one of them's got to get into a starting job. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not putting By- Byron Jones in that group. I'm putting Jordan Lewis. I think Jordan Lewis has a chance to be phenomenal. I really do. It, he's a good player, and he's got a great attitude, work ethic. If he that that'll turn him into a great player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he everything. There, there's nothing not to like about him. In my opinion. All right, let's take oh, our first break. When we come back, uh, I want to change the conversation a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about those voids that have been left uh, by the departure of Des Bryant and Jason Witten and Orlando Skandrick. Uh, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. (laughs) So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the uh, actually, from Oxnard, California. We're here in sunny California. Actually, not as cool as it once was when we used to come here for training camp, but still much better than what's been going on in Dallas, so I will not complain. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit this segment about um, the three vets that are not here this camp, and it seemed a little strange to me. I'm sure you guys probably felt it a little bit as well, but getting on the plane heading out here and not seeing guys like Jason Witten and Des Bryant and Orlando Skandrick seemed a bit weird because for the last – how many years now? Nine, eight, yeah. nine years. You pretty much have had that steady flow of those veterans being around, and they are, their personalities are big enough and their presence is big enough that when they walk in the room, when they walk on the plane, when they walk on the field, you immediately notice them, and that's missing. Um, talk to me about just kind of how you think the Cowboys adapt overall to coming into a camp without their presence. Well, I'll I'll start. Um, I th- obviously I think it, it starts with with Witten as far as um, just his leadership. Uh, I think that that's something that not only 
you know, it doesn't have to be an offensive guy. It doesn't have to be a tight end. It's got to be, you know, just somebody that that is okay uh, to have enough skins on the wall to, to say, you know, this is how we, we run this drill. This is how we do this. You know, that's not okay. Pull a guy aside and be able to do that. The problem with, with leaders, and, and, and you talk about all sports, who are the great leaders out there? You know, I mean, it seems like Ray Lewis always comes to mind. Well, Ray Lewis is a pretty good football player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Magic Johnson, I mean, you can't, no one can be just be a leader just because uh, you say good things. I mean, I mean, I mean, Brady James, he tried for, for years to be a good leader, but if you miss plays and miss tackles too, then it's kind of, it's hard to do that. There's only, you got to be a certain level. That's why Jason Witten could do that. Des Bryant, to me, is a leader on a different level as far as bringing attitude, bringing energy, and that kind of stuff. But so from that standpoint, from those two things, those two guys, those two guys will be missed. I, I I just put them as two. I'm 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 not really saying a third. Well, we just finished talking a lot about <laughs> the the secondary room and the lack of experience there. Yeah. So if nothing else, now don't get me wrong, I don't think he was necessarily a great leader. Yeah. But it, what I will say is there was a amount of experience sure. that when you get out on the field and you're in the you know, the, the, yep. the critical part of a game, there's experience that he can bring to the table to say, hey, let's be careful, let's watch out for this, let's mm-hmm. think about this, that maybe some of these guys can't do because they don't have that level of experience. I get your point, and maybe this is just, like, beginning of training camp optimism, but, like, it's all – I mean, first of all, okay, it's not the same position, but, like, Sean Lee's there, mm-hmm. and, like, Sean, Sean Lee is – He's there for now. Oh, oh, well, and that's that, always you got that, that has to be factored in. I mean, that's all we can talk right. about right now, right. right? I mean, I'm not on the on the first day of practice. I'm not worried about 2020. You know? Yeah. Um, and no, he, I'm talking about game five, game six, game seven. I, hey, I I know it's not quite the same thing, but he'll still be. But there. he's one like, of Sean those Lee's guys not that going away. He's. I mean, did, if you watched All or Nothing, that dude was leading the defensive yeah. meetings despite absolutely, not playing. Absolutely, absolutely. But on the field, critical moment of the game. Who's that person that in Which, that secondary right, well, group it goes, can be it, able to share that experience? It goes back to what I was going to say before that, which is, like, maybe it's misguided optimism, but, like, this group doesn't know what it doesn't know, and I view it as a good thing. Okay. Like, because, you know, Orlando Skandrick, a better player than he got rep, got credit for, but, like, it's almost like you can get in your own head sometimes when when you know when you're experienced that way. Like, these guys – haven't been burned to the point where they're worried about it. You know what I mean? And I think it gives them a lot of confidence. Now, will it always be that way? Probably not because you're going to get beat in the NFL eventually. But I just love the confidence that this DB group has. And, like, I I don't worry about them. You know, Jason Garrett loves to say, like, the, the moment's not too big for him. Like, that's how I feel about these guys. And until proven otherwise, I just I feel good that they're going to be okay with it. Like, I those guys are not – lacking for confidence and I don't like they're not wide-eyed like looking for a leader I think they're okay where I think that this team um, is going to struggle at times is when you get to those dog days of camp you get those days where it's just not um, for whatever the reason the energy level's not what it needs to be that's one thing you could always count on with Dez Dez was so competitive. He was so uh, high-strung, and he was always going to get in someone's face. And, and he actually rose that level of competition for everybody around him, the DBs and everyone's getting involved. This guy's talking trash and all this. And next thing you know, you're having a pretty spirited practice. That's what I think um, is, is going to be missed. And, and also, um, Jason Witten was pretty good at doing that as well. That's where, you know, I'm hoping this year with the NFL 
cloud over away from him. I think Zeke can maybe get back to being Zeke a little bit. Last year he was going through the motions, and rightfully so. I think he might be a guy that can kind of do that. I hope to see that, you know, I hate to say reckless, you know, with him, but on the field just kind of be, be, you know, Which, well, be a five-year-old. The guy that will challenge people. In practice to make them yeah. get a little angry, well, and yeah. then you got a little bit, of, a little more competition. I'll be a contrarian again, a little bit because, like, maybe this is controversial. Like, I, I don't look as at Des Bryant as a leader. No, he'd been no, on, I, he'd, well, no, right. he'd, he'd okay. been on the team for a decade. He was never named captain. He's, we know all about his volatile nature, missing meetings, being late to meetings, skipped his MRI. Like, he's yeah. not Jason Witten in that just constant dependability. What he is. He's just like an unbridled spark plug. Like he, just, like I mean, he's bringing the energy. Honestly, whether you want him to or not, but that's a leader. I don't, I don't think so. Like I, I, I think there's a difference. I like he, I, he's the emotional core of this team. Yes, but like, like Jason Garrett always says this too. Like, are you looking at Des Bryant? Like, be like that guy in every facet no. of a football player. Right. Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but and but there what I'm is saying is is that he did things. His energy brought to the point that other people followed suit, no, yeah. and that therefore you are a leader. I'm not saying a good leader. I'm not saying he, you you go you know like he is the front line of defense and all in a model citizen. I'm just saying he was a leader in that standpoint. Yeah. No. I mean, and you for sure. And that's that's something that the team right now I don't know who has that other than right. Sean Lee. How I see it is like both Des and Witten have been the face of the franchise for so long already that coming in as new guys, you see, you idolize them. You want to be like them. So coming in, you are next to an idol, a guy that you admire, not necessarily for their leadership as far as does, but someone you want to be like them and be better and maybe perform good in front of them, not be embarrassed like, oh, here's my idol and now he's watching me and now I suck. No, you want to do good. <laughs> the famous word I said, yes. So you know. that, that's how, I mean, that's for me what is going to be missed as far as the dynamic in the group, just having that kind of person that ups the level and makes you want to be better and impress them. I, I think that uh, this those two guys being gone will probably, in a, in a way, um, help Dak's leadership because, you know, if if Dak sits there and we saw it, we saw Chaz Green jump off sides, whatever, and Dak, you know, put the ball on the ground and yelled at him and all that kind of stuff. But Witten had a lot of penalties too. Des Bryant had to be told where to line up all the time. You're not yelling at those guys in practice because of what might happen after that. Um, it gets to a point where Dak is the main guy and the leader. Now, if can he do that to Tyron Smith? Does he need to? You know, good luck with that. But but that's where it needs to be because now all the receivers, he should be able to do that. All the tight ends for sure. He should be able to kind of be the leader. And um, so hopefully that that will happen with him a little bit. Yeah, and we haven't been used to the quarterback being the guy that kind of sparks the team. A lot of teams are like that, right? But but maybe that's what's going to happen I, ideally in this that's current setup. You would, is that your – yeah, but I don't, I don't think he had to be because there were other guys that always – when he came in, when he became the starter, there were all yeah. sorts of leaders on this team, right? But even beyond <laughs> that, as time kept going, you yeah. know, there were other guys that kind of assumed that role more than he had to. Now, that doesn't mean he wasn't a leader. I'm not saying he wasn't yeah. a leader. I'm just saying he never was 
to me, it wasn't didn't seem like he was kind of the spark plug. Like you said, Dez was that. Dez was that guy that something happened in practice, and he could have in just a split moment something could happen to where he could spark enough anger by somebody else to where you now mean, offense and defense are going at it, and you got yourself a good spirited practice. You remember that day? Um, and, and this is a story because he used to steal our golf cart, oh golf Tony? cart all the time. He would just you know. And so we feel like, all right, you can have it. Your back's messed up, and you know you can have it. Just put a helmet cam on for one practice, and let's get a video out of it. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll do that. I stole their golf cart. I'll do it. So we, we put it on. He goes, you guys probably know this story. He puts it on, and we're like, oh, this is good. We can kind of start already start to hear some of the things he's saying, and it's like, this is going to be great. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get this on camera, but he's walking. Just go for it. He, go for it. Okay. Cool. Wait, 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 wait. I can't remember <laughs> so, what you're going to say. <laughs> He's walking out to practice, and he's got it, and he's like, oh, this is cool, and, and we're all listening to it, and he's like, he doesn't he doesn't initialize it. He says, let's F him up today. Like, I mean, just yelled it as loud as he could, and he kept doing it the whole time. He probably did it on purpose. But oh, yeah. like, so now, now we really can't use it. But but you could see in the huddles and stuff, he, was, he actually has more of that leadership qualities than, you, than you, I think a lot of people thought from him. So, uh, But Dak's got to be that way. Dak's got to be the guy. I mean, I've said it several times. He's – He's the guy. This offense has been, you know, tailored for him. Yeah. I think there are three things that the Cowboys can miss, and we've kind of talked around them, but I want to get definitive words from each of you guys what you think will be the biggest void. Uh, it can be in experience. It can be in leadership. It can be in passion. Let's go around the table. I want each of you to tell me which one you think will be the biggest void that will be left by those guys being gone. Experience, leadership, or passion. Let's start with you, Dave. Passion. Just uh, – and, I mean – Maybe it's overrated because, like, it's fun for us to see. You know, I mean, Dez and Sean Lee, Jason Jason Witten is underrated in terms of, like, the way he used to carry himself on the practice field. I don't know who that is now. Uh, I mean, Sean Lee's still here for sure. I think I think Jordan Lewis and Cheeto Awuzie will bring an element of that. I hope Zeke brings an element of that, but I don't know for sure. And other than that, I have no idea. I mean – I don't worry about experience. Like, there's experience all over this team. Like, the whole – I mean, the offensive line is as experienced as you want to get. Zeke, for being a young guy, is insanely – I mean, it's it's all over the place. I don't care about that. And I, there's plenty of leaders here, too. I don't know who's going to be the spark plug for this team the way Dez was. Garcia. But, see, I wouldn't go with passion just because you have – I mean, these guys have to be passionate. You, you have so many young point. guys coming in, playing in the NFL – Playing for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, you have to be so passionate about it and so excited and you're so new to it that you want to do your best and do well. So I would go with probably leadership, although we have – the only guy thinking about it would be Sean Lee that I would be like, oh, my God, that my eyes spark up and I, I admire him, you know. And we talked about Dak and all that, but I just – is it there yet? I don't know. We'll see how he does this year, but I would say I would be lacking leadership. Good list, Derek, because I'm going to go with experience. <laughs> All right, good. So um, the reason f- for that is because, especially when I look at uh, uh, Witten and Dez, at at the those positions, you really have a lot of – you're lacking experience there, and you need to be on the same page with your quarterback. So I think with those two guys, you have tight ends – I mean, what is it, nine catches combined for all of the tight ends out there, the receivers. There's a lot of new faces there as well. And and we've already seen if these guys aren't on the same page with their quarterback, th- there could be some issues. Now, 
Now, I understand that Dez and, and Dak, I mean, that, that just because they, he was here for eight years doesn't mean that they, all, they were on the same page. But I do think those two positions, uh, you're going to see a lack of experience there. That's what needs to be uh, fixed really quickly here. All right. Yeah, I'll say, you know, it's kind of scaring me a little bit. It's probably the second time on this show, maybe the second time ever. I'm actually agreeing with Dave on this one, <laughs> mainly because coming around. mainly That's because when I look at all of this, I, I think from the Kinda standpoint like with of rap, you know, rap music and all me, that. Don't get me started. <laughs> Wait, the the thing about it is when you look at at what this team does well, what would you guys say is the thing they do best? Run what? the ball. Run the ball. And when Finished you talk about eight running eight. the <laughs> – Wow. <laughs> Stop it. And when they, when they run the ball – They're really Dang. good. They're really good at getting right there. If you think about them running the ball, that's where their yeah. experience is. And and so what they do best, they got tons of experience. they got tons of leadership there. Mm. So I, I, I think from those standpoints, I'm a little less concerned in those two areas. I'm most concerned about what happens in week two. I heard you saying, Amber, that these are young guys. They should be excited about this opportunity. They're going to be excited. Yes, today – they're going to be flying around. Tomorrow, they're going to be flying around. What's going to happen like next Thursday or Friday after they've had all these days Bingo. of the same thing, the monotony of going to meetings, going to practice, going to walkthrough, going to lift weights? Like after a while, there's a monotony that sets mm-hmm. in, and if there isn't somebody out there that can take what is just a going through the motions and turn it into you mean somebody- now you and I personally are competing because I just called you out – then it, it you you miss those opportunities of those practices turning into a really great so, competitive situation. Well, are you saying that they need to be to, to be passionate? They're going to need that somebody to be that you know to actually get them in gear, which would be to her point of leadership and and mean maybe to my point of experience. Well, leader. but here's the deal. I'll, I'll give you the example. So I think we're all right. I think I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think leadership recognizes it. I don't know if leadership always has the ability to be a spark plug, right? Yeah. The the leaders out there may know, yeah, hey, here's a problem. We gotta we gotta pep this up, and then they say, come on, guys, let's pep it up. That doesn't may not may not do enough yeah. to get the passion in. It's being able to literally say, as we saw Witten do, where he calls out a guy and says, get the scrub off the field, and now the defense is like, oh, he's talking. Okay, look, you know, it's right. that kind yeah, of stuff that Derek, incites a little more passion. Wish I could say we've half seen, the stuff Witten used to say out there. We've seen all of that. Gone to waste. What? what did, where did that take you? Eight and eight. Well, but it, just because you're doing the right things and the seven. results don't end up being what you wanted to be doesn't mean you stop doing the right. No, thing. I, I get it. But uh, what I'm saying is like, okay, clearly that went to waste. Great players. I mean, you could have gotten Des Bryant. We know he had talent. He has talent. It just wasn't. It wasn't working out. Witten, we know what he could do. And unfortunately, him and Tony ended up going away without you know winning. Say a it. championship. Say it. There yeah. we go. Yeah. So right. it's it. sad. It's sad to see those kind of talent being wasted and not being well used. Now you have a team, a young team, that it's absolutely unknown. And maybe, I mean, maybe it was the coaching. Maybe it was the players. We don't know yet. We'll see once we get on the field. But this unknown makes you. I mean. You have no other way but to be excited for it and hope that it turns out the best way. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I'm more excited about this training camp than I've been about a camp in a long time, mainly because there is the unknown. You don't know who's going to be the guy that steps up. By the time we're done with this camp, it's very real and very possible that we're talking about all these voids and very easily somebody steps into each of them. We'll find out. Maybe it's Alan Hearns that comes out here and provides a spark plug for him. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a practice situation. Maybe it's Terrence Williams. The point is – we don't know all those things yet, and that's what makes this camp, I think, particularly exciting for me, at least. Yeah. And this for Des, that you were talking about Des and the, you know, the passion that he brings and all that stuff, 
it's fun to watch him on the field here at practice, but what did that do during game days on the sideline? How did that affect Dak? In the meeting rooms, as we saw it yeah, on All or Nothing. Exactly. Like, that wasn't always so a not, positive thing. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe that's just what Dak needed, you know, a little silence. Let me focus on the game. Let me watch this little thing on the iPad. Let me figure out what I need to do and get on the game. Non, don't need anyone yelling at my ears, you know, although it, was, it came from a good heart. But I've, maybe that's the change that needed to happen. You know, I, I think I think with Dez, the the thing that made him so great is the thing that made him kind of a a pain in the ass sometimes. I mean, it, it was that it was that emotion. Hundred yeah. you know? yeah. percent. No you doubt. Can maybe make that's. I don't know if you can say the same for Witten, but I mean, I, you know, the, the, there's a chance that this you know this offense can be. And you guys actually said it more in the off season, I think, than, than I did. But but I, I I'm coming around a little bit. I think this team can be a little bit more balanced than they were, um, maybe without Witten. You know, just because that's the hope. Just because of you, know, you can you you can do more things, and you can probably be more vertical. You know, in your in your passing game with him, and 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 just have different guys out there. I mean, he was I, still I, playing at a at a pretty high level, so you're gonna have to replace production. Or you tell. Witten. Oh. Well, De- I mean, Dez, too. I mean, this team's still best. Don't think Dez is the best wide receiver, was the best receiver on the team. I think we disagree on that. I, I, and that maybe we got to see more from Hearns. From Hearns. Yeah. But, but I honestly, I don't, I don't know if I would say where Dez is at this point in his career, um, if, if he is a better player than what Alan Hearns is. I'm not certain about that. We'll see. We will find that out. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we got to talk a little bit about David Irving. Uh, that was another part of the press conference yesterday that completely shocked you me. Know, when they were asking um, the anthem question. And, and so I, I want to see if it shocked you as well when, when Jerry mentioned that they didn't expect to see him out at all, here at all during training camp. So we'll talk a little bit about that and talk about how that affects this defensive line, particularly the defensive tackle position. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.comslash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. 
AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from Oxnard, California. Welcome back. It is our first show here in California. We'll be doing this every day at noon central time at 10 p.m. I'm sorry, 10 a.m. Uh, on the, the, the West Coast. Uh, so make sure you join us each day. Um, let's talk a little bit about David Irving. We found out yesterday in the press conference, um, Jerry made the comment, uh, we don't really expect to see him out here during training camp, speaking of David Irving. And I, I did a double take, and Brian was right, right in front of me, and he did the same thing I did. Like, somebody followed that up and say, are you saying he's not coming at all? That was a bit of a shock for me. I don't know if you guys saw it as such or you kind of had heard things before. but Straight to the tent. <laughs> News. Yeah. Nick took off running. I'm like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> Was there a fire or something? Can I, like, <laughs> can I be a douche contrarian for the third time on this show? God. Sure, why not? What you are. Like, you are what you are. I didn't I, – I'm, I'm not trying to act like I'm smarter than everybody in the room. Like, I didn't know that. And I, I didn't know that, but, like, I wasn't surprised at all. Well, that's no. It's it's not a matter of being surprised. That guy as much doesn't as it surprise was, you anymore at all. I mean, he's not going to surprise. That's anybody. what that's that's the, the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is like to this like David Irving's reputation at this point is like unpredictability and uh, is unreliability yeah. a word? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You it can't rely on him. So like, it it was new information, but I was just like, oh yeah. I mean, okay, well, that makes sense. Like literally, the last time we talked to David Irving in June, he was like, I'm good. No, well, he he said he he did say he was good, yeah. but he was also like, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life that y'all don't even know about, and like it just sounded like <laughs> a lot. Was it, was it two days after <laughs> something like, like that? Like suspended. He, exactly. He's just like, man, like, and you know the you know the um the the domestic violence allegations, which you know were recanted, and the league said he's not going to face punishment, but he was like. He's like, that's the least, that's, that's the smallest worries. problem in my life. And I was like, if that's the smallest problem <laughs> in your life, you got some stuff going on, my guy. Jeez. So, again, I'm not surprised. I mean, I was surprised to hear that. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's David Irving at this point. The thing about him is that he he's done this before, obviously. You know, he's been suspended four games. He comes in and just starts making plays. I mean, he played eight games last year and got seven sacks. How many linemen – in the league are doing that. Literally like Aaron Donald and not a lot of other people. And he doesn't have 15 sacks. Did he have 15 sacks last year in 16 games? Oh, no, but I'm like – Something like that. He's I mean, a he's a defensive tackle who can produce sacks like that. And so, and so it, it, yes, it's easy to sit there and everyone does it and go, cut him. Take, you know, <laughs> just, just let him go. But he doesn't count as a roster spot. He, he's, he's losing his own money, you know, by, by, by being suspended. And I think – that he'll probably come in in week five. I don't know what he's going to look like because he's not getting any work out here, but he's going to come in in week five. Maybe he plays, maybe not. Week six, he'll probably be making a sack. That's that's uh, what, that's what kind of sucks about it. Is. I See, I'll, I'll be curious because this time last year I wrote him off because he was suspended and he came out and played great when he was available. I can't. I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but like he's not going to practice. I know. I know. He's not going to do that's anything. Gonna be, that's going to be different here. He's and, not going to do anything. And we saw this off season when he's not with the team, he he looks like a defensive tackle. Yeah, way more like sure. a defensive tackle than what he looked like last year. So he, I mean, what what will he look like? But I I, could, I mean, the Cowboys are just going to look at it like we you know we've already. I think I think those restricted. Restricted money is guaranteed, but I, I don't know what happens if he gets suspended in the middle of it. I don't yeah, know if it's I don't game. know either. But, but it, it just 
I, it doesn't make sense to cut him. Does it make you think at this point that there is a better shot of him actually being on this team beyond 2018? The reason why I say that – well, let me tell you no. the reason why I say that is because um, under these circumstances, it's I think you're hard-pressed to assume no matter what happens that he could go out and command anything significant in free agency um, if, if this year yeah. he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And knowing how this team operates – if if a guy shows that he really has gone out and done something to uh, to take care of the issues that he may be dealing with, let's say for example he goes to rehab and he can get himself right, and the Cowboys feel good that he's on the right path, then if the money then becomes cheap and you feel like he he he's on the right path, and let's not let's not just overlook the fact that the guy has talent. Yeah. When he comes out there and plays, and when he's available to play, he actually has made a significant number of plays for this team. So. That all being said, do you think that with this latest issue, that maybe if he can get himself right, there's a better chance that he ends up being here than otherwise? I don't – I mean, if he gets himself right, yes. But I think it's maybe too late for that. It's – you don't want a guy that brings that, those kind of problems. And it creates problems with the group, within the group, your teammates. You know, you want to make sure you're playing next to a guy that you can rely on and that it's bringing something positive, not a guy that keeps falling back, you know, and doing those kinds of things. And it's absolutely sad because I love David Irving. I love his personality. I love the way he plays, but it's just a waste. You know, you can't have those kinds of things. And, you know, I, I'm the first person that has said Randy Gregor will, will not play another snap for the Cowboys. That's just what I, I've said that. Um, I don't know if I believe that anymore. He's, he's made a lot more strides than I ever thought he would. Now, he's still got a few more hurdles to go. I mean, it's not like it's definitely going to happen. Um, but that being said, it's hard for me to, I guess, just write off David Irving. But I just don't see all those if, 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 if next year. That's a lot of things. I don't even see it. For him not to be here, I think, is really big. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. I what, what, what's more important than this? Really? I mean, what? what is – I know you got a lot of stuff going on, but, I mean, what – Just being more, signed no. this year was like another chance to me. You know, yeah. he was already suspended oh. last year. Whoa, Derek. Yeah, careful there, Derek. Chill. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, whoa. I, that's the part Bennett had. Yep. Got it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, his, his, his mental health and his family, I guess, are more important than this. But the, yeah. fact, that, the fact that he couldn't get all that together in a timely fashion in order to be at training camp, it's, uh, you know – uh, it's it's a troubling continuation of a pattern, which, yeah, no, Nick's completely right. Like, I'm not writing anything off. Just based, The fact that Randy Gregory is in camp at all yeah. means I'm not writing anything off, but I have a hard time seeing the Cowboys wanting to marry themselves to David Irving for any significant length of time. Like, if if they want to do another one-year deal with him next year, you know, if he plays well or whatever, mate, but, you know, Nothing that has happened so far leads me to believe that this is a guy that you want to, like, build your defense around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So looking at the overall look of the defensive tackle position, mm-hmm. uh, Malik Collins starts training camp on NFI. You got David Irving not here. Those are the two guys you would project as your starters at defensive tackle if you were making this assessment back in March. That being said, where do they currently stand at the defensive tackle position? This is a huge opportunity for Dayton Jones and Jihad Ward. They already got a lot of opportunities in the spring because they were your starting D tackles because for the same reasons. Uh, they have an awesome chance to showcase themselves. I mean, one of them is probably going to be a starter on day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually was talking with Brian about that yesterday is, you know, 
there's a lot of debate about whether you play Malik at the three or the one. And what you decide to do with him could probably dictate what you do with your other tackle because Jihad Ward's more of a three technique and Dayton Jones is more of a one right now. So you can kind of play around with that. And it's all, I mean, it's a big opportunity for guys like Brian Price, mm -hmm. uh, Lewis Neal, Richard Ash. Oh, uh, goodness. Who's the other? Uh, Daniel Ross. Um, I mean, it's, I, you know, no offense to those guys. It's certainly not a who's who of, like, blue chip talent, but they're going to have a chance to make the team that they might not have had before. And I really think that Coney Ely is going to factor into that position as well. I, I, I just think he will be a better option than uh, Tyrone Crawford to move inside, uh, Taco, or any of those guys to move inside. I, I think you're if, if it depends on what you get with Gregory, but that's another guy on the outside. You've got Tyrone Crawford who's slimmed down, looks really good to, to you know, regardless of what Madden thinks, you know, he actually looks good. I mean, there's a there's there's some conversation on the internet too that maybe you flop Tyrone back to tackle. Like nah, he's gonna nah, need nah. to eat cheeseburgers nah, every nah, day nah. for a month to play tackle. Nah. Like, there ain't, it ain't <laughs> he's gonna then Madden they're gonna have to call him back yeah, and be like, "Are right, you much. were right? <laughs> Did you delete that? Because I mean, it yeah. ain't it ain't happening." Which yeah, no, and I'm um, Coney Ely. My gosh, he's a massive dude. He's a big dude. He's yeah. a big boy. He, so he, I mean, yeah, he, that's he certainly. He looks to me like. Jay Ratliff in that of like something's wrong. Like he looks mad, you know. I'm he's okay got, with that. I know he's got bad intentions. It's like I'm that's okay good. That. Get, but get he's actually he's, he's nice very guy. nice in person. Unlike Jay, <laughs> Jay was kind of mean all the well, time. It's not like all the time. It was like ten percent of the time when you'd catch him on a day he, when he was on that where he was on. in a good mood. Yeah. yeah, that one year when he was going for a contract, he was really nice. He was he, that, that whole like that year you could catch a caught him a lot of times and he was in a really good mood. Yeah. very Engaging. The ESPN but. NFL Live. We're you know we're going to D Valley Ranch with uh, Jay Ratliff, and he'd be doing an interview. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but not straight up afraid of a lot of Cowboys. Like I was afraid of Jay Ratliff. Like well, I, you never met Demetrius Underwood. <laughs> no, I did not. I didn't meet him. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little bit to be afraid of there. Spellman. Yeah, Lonzo Spellman. Yeah. I, 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 we've had we've had good we've had good luck in my time here. Like for the <laughs> the vast majority of these guys are super nice dudes, and even like Orlando Skandrick was mean in like a fun way, like you know, kind of needling, you know, like Jay Ratliff just straight up scared the crap out of him, hundred <laughs> percent. And and you know what? He scared offensive linemen too because yeah, he was he an undersized player that they put at the one in a 3-4 defense who just made four Pro Bowls. Yeah. You're keep that guy. Hey, no, hey. And, and Hell you know, of a player. You know, he, he always reminded me of like, I mean, when you think of like in our generation of like, you know, 80s, 90s, who's the greatest rebounder that you can remember in the NBA? Rodman. Rodman. Yeah. Well, 6'8 and kind of skinny. Yeah. But crazy. Yeah. You know? He's just like, crazy, yeah. Like sometimes the crazy, that's what does Crazy's it. good at times. Yeah. I mean, Ron Artest was pretty good. He was crazy. Yeah. So who's crazy? We getting, we, yeah, no, we need. Yeah, who's Do crazy we have a out here? Single crazy we got guy? some crazies out here. I think so. <laughs> I There's think one. one. I just, uh, I just see Rico. That's the first guy. <laughs> number, <laughs> number fifty over there is very good at being crazy within the lines crazy. of a football field. Super nice Deranged. guy. Everywhere else. All right, let's. Uh, this is this is like one that. thing I think that that I think I'm most concerned about when you talk about the defensive tackle position. Um, I think what made Demarcus Lawrence continue to have success throughout the year last year. Uh, was that there were other guys at different moments that would get some pressure so that it just at least kind of balanced things out a little bit. I'm a little bit concerned if if you don't have uh, some of these guys defensive tackle, Malik Collins, David Irving. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned of where that pressure is going to come from on that defensive line that's not tank so that teams oh. – oh, Well, go finish your thought. 
or I'm going to talk about <laughs> Mal- hold on before we get into all that. You got the point of my let's, question. Let's get an update though on Malik. On, yeah, I was going to let's not bury Malik Collins like for as far as I understand it, yeah. he will be practicing at some point during camp. Right, okay? right. So he's like, coming back. That, that that and 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 he's also proven as a rookie that he could do that come off the same pretty much the same type of injury, and still be productive. I know you have a theory, and you're not wrong, that when you guys miss training camp, they're really not the same. He was one of those exceptions yeah, to the was. rule. Let's see if he can do it again. I still think he needs to be playing at the three. I agree. Because that's where he's a better player. How many injuries can you have of the same kind and four. come back and perform? Four. <laughs> four. <laughs> it's an, and perform at a high but level. You know, to Google it. It's four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to the point of what you were saying, Nick, though, if, if you don't have David Irving, then maybe he is the option that you push back to three because he may be yeah. your best penetrating Which, type defensive tackle. That's going to be on somebody to prove themselves as a capable one, whether it's one. Dayton Jones. I think it's Brian, 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 Brian Price, Price, in my opinion. I think he was, playing, he was playing, in my opinion, yeah, Price. really, really well when he got hurt last year. And I don't think he got as much credit, which out of one technique you don't need. You don't necessarily get all that credit. But I thought he was a guy that, that could get a little pressure at times. He could collapse oh. the pocket at times. And I thought he held up pretty good in, in, you know, in, on, the, on the line to make sure they weren't just getting blasted. These huge holes weren't happening when he was out there. When did they get Dayton Jones? Last year? Last, yeah, during the season. Man, this could be a Mark Colombo. Guy that's been around a little bit, get him late. He, he comes in, you give him the whole offseason. The guy has talent. He he yeah. fits. I mean, he is the quintessential Will McClay edition. Yeah. Like he was a high draft pick. Yep. Didn't work out where he was. I think it was Green Bay, maybe. Uh-huh. Or yeah, make that up. I don't remember. Well, but Brian Price was that way. Were they no, both but but Dayton Jones was either a first or second round pick. Like yeah. I mean, he was a talent in big what time. What year was that? Yeah. Put me on a spot. I'm sorry. I'll I'll look I mean, he's probably in his third year, right? Third, no, I think year. he's. This think was he's in. The, was this in the era of the draft show when you were on the draft show? No, it was not. Okay. Uh, oh, You've only been I'm, here. I'm for looking it up seven live years. on the air now. Anyway. 2013 Jones. draft. 2013. Thank you, Kent. Thank you, Kent. Former Packer and Green Bay. 26th overall pick with Green Bay. So I was wow. pretty much right. I was yeah. pretty much right. Close. Um, and so I mean, it, like I said, it, Will McClay loves to get those type of guys. Jihad Ward is another one. They loved him at the Senior yeah. Bowl. They traded for him. Probably got picked too high with Oakland. He was 44th overall. I think their grade was like third or fourth round. Uh, so they like these guys, and they're they're talented players. Uh, yeah. And we've seen this work out really well at times before. Uh, I know. I mean, he <laughs> speaking of crazy, but they got a pretty good season out of Rolando McLean when they brought him in in a similar circumstance. Um, I know they've done it with somebody else, but I'm drawing a blank right now. Jonathan Cooper. I mean, you know, didn't get get to a Pro Bowl, but top ten pick who started and and acquitted himself pretty well Leonard on the Davis, offensive line. Another guy that they did that with. Who's that? Day, Leonard Davis. Yeah, okay. top pick that came out. I think got here and played a lot so better than he'd been. That was in most of his career. That was a Parcells um, theory yeah. that he actually got from I think Tom Landry. Was it Landry Back, or Wolf? Well, I mean, it might have been both. I mean, I, I don't know. But, I mean, just saying at some point, somebody thought this guy could play. No, you know who that was? I think it was Al Davis that he said he got that from. But, anyway, go ahead. It's it's something that they, they love doing that. Like, you got a lot of talent. It didn't work out where you were. Come try it out here. It, right. it has worked out really well at times. It, it definitely hasn't always worked out. There have been some guys that they cut. Yeah. Um, but, hey, yeah, like they're going to have the opportunity because the preferred starters are not capable of playing right now. So D- it's on them D- to Tone Jones was on that. four teams last season. Yeah, that's Vikings, right. Vikings, Lions, Niners, and Cowboys. Everybody's trying to find it. 
Everybody's trying to find. It's what, actually impressive what he was. <laughs> what I mean, he was. If you've got the type but of talent be, that gets you drafted in the first round, you're going to get opportunities yeah, no to doubt. showcase it. I always say this in the NBA. These guys, he, he doesn't even know who that is. Ron Mercer, mm-hmm. remember him? Mm-hmm. Drafted. He was in Kentucky, like fifth or sixth overall pick. Got played on like 14 teams because everybody kind of thinks, you know, we could fix this guy. Yeah. Clif- yeah. Clifton sure. Gathers. Yeah, he was about six eight. It's like look uh, the part. defensive end, and everybody had him for a little bit, and it's just like, God, we got to get this guy. Our coaches will fix him. Yeah, I but, just hope. But I will say this about Dayton oh. Jones: he's here. The, uh, those other teams, he wasn't with them in the off season. Off season, Rod Marinelli, he's he's considered to be one of the best defensive line coaches. Work your magic. This is a guy that has talent. He's got experience. He's got size. He's got what you're looking for. And work. now he's got some stability, and more than anything, he's got an opportunity. So. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We will be back tomorrow. We'll be talking more about what's going to happen out here today. The Cowboys have their first practice this afternoon. It'll be at 345 Pacific time, so make sure you check us out tomorrow. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?